welcome back to uh, Not Thriving Thursdays. <laughs> We've just been catching up and, you know, it's always fun trying to figure out who's going to start. Oh my gosh, yeah. We're, we're two peas in a pod, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> but I guess let's go ahead and start with our hot takes. I had a few things that I wanted to yeah. talk about, but the one thing that's on my mind right now is The Bachelorette because I just finished watching this week's episode. Do you watch The Bachelorette? Uh, okay. You're, don't kill me. Okay. I used to. Mm-hmm. I used to. I was a very avid fan. And then I think it was Hannah's season uh, from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Something happened and I just stopped and I literally have not been able to get back into it, which is so sad yeah. because honestly, for all the listeners out there, here's a hint. Go watch Bachelor in Paradise and then go on Twitter after and find the hashtag because it is the funniest thing. You will find so many good comments. So really? that's mainly why <laughs> that's mainly why I watched it was for oh the memes. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, I haven't watched it in a bit. Okay. Well, I I was just thinking with this new season, this is the first season where Chris Harrison isn't the host, and I feel like it's been a lot more enjoyable to watch because I think a lot of times when things go wrong or people are put in uncomfortable situations, then a lot of the viewers tend to blame Chris Harrison for that because Mm -hmm. they think, okay, well, with him being, I think he was the executive producer, but assuming that he had a large role in a lot of those situations that upset viewers. I just feel like not having him here this season has been nice because now they have two people who are actually coming into the show with previous experience in Bachelor Nation. And I like the idea of the show taking a more mentor-based hostess approach. So so interesting. Yeah, for the longest time, I enjoyed the drama of the Bachelor franchise and I liked how Chris Harrison and the other producers were able to pick the victims of the season and the villains and really play out this storyline and build off of how they were able to kind of manipulate people. Oh my gosh. It worked for a while because it was entertaining. But I think that we're at the point now where it's just, it was just overdone Mm -hmm. by last season. And so now I think that they would benefit from having one male contestant or previous contestant and one female even in each season kind of switching so that the bachelor or bachelorette sees them as more of a mentor and like start to take the show a little more seriously because you're naturally going to have a villain in the Mm -hmm. show and the viewers are going to be able to pick up on that and of course you can play off of the natural drama that happens but I feel like they needed this kind of switch up in the host or hostess position in order to kind of make the show more enjoyable again and get yeah, away from it, the chaos. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it would be. Although our listeners cannot see this, but I've been smirking the whole time she's talking. You may want to go back and like rewind for the last two minutes because mm-hmm. I've been reading The Hunger Games and all of the words you were using, that was all I kept thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what words? I'm talking about mentors and <laughs> one male and one female and a villain and a victim and manipulation and I was like oh that's an interesting bachelorette (laughs) (laughs) that's like how I view the whole franchise I mean it's essentially your own hunger games (laughs) yes hunger games of dating if anybody would like to see that uh actually don't let us know you're sick and twisted don't say anything I'd watch I'd give it a little click oh, yeah. review. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go on to IMDb, five stars. <laughs> but I mean, do you think that it would be more enjoyable since you haven't watched since Hannah's season? Do you think that like you'd be more interested if they had switch up with having mentors instead of a host that just gets in the way? Yeah, aside from them all being in an arena fighting to the death, I would also... <laughs> enjoy the extra mentors and I think the reason why I would enjoy the extra mentors is first of all they've already experienced everything I think that's a big reason that they're doing by having bachelors and bachelorettes be previous contestants is because they kind of understand mm-hmm. the gig but then the other thing too is I have found that male and female perspectives differ a ton but sometimes they can both give good advice and I know you guys are all listening do not click off just because we're too <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) females 
guys and you heard that okay like actually keep listening but I do think that I I have gotten good advice from men too because when I talk to females I feel like the advice is a little more emotional but they're more empathetic and so they kind of try to really step into your shoes whereas men they give advice that's more grounded Mm -hmm. and it's this is the facts this is what's going on and in a situation where you're dating and trying to find somebody to fall in love with I think both perspectives are equally as important so I think it would be really interesting yeah I mean I think back to in college you go into your friend's apartment and you don't know who will be there and you're asking for advice yes you'll get your female friend's advice but you'll also get advice from a male perspective Mm -hmm. where if you're upset about a guy not texting you back on when you want him to or you're Mm -hmm. confused by maybe some misleading messages that he may be sending to hear a guy tell you oh well I think you might be overthinking that because there's a chance that he put his <laughs> As we always do played video games went to the gym and just yeah. genuinely forgot to look at his phone and yeah. for me I'm constantly on my phone so I'm thinking well how could you do that but hearing from a guy's perspective that's like hey I think most guys just kind of forget it's not intentional but yeah. it's a good reminder to have <laughs> Yeah, it's a good reminder, and I think it just creates some balance. I would be interested to see other types of people come on and be mentors. I know this may not happen, but it would be kind of cool to maybe see older people, parents, teachers, relationship therapists. There could be Mm -hmm. all sorts of people that could come on and be mentors, and I think that would be kind of cool to see, too, if they ended up doing something like that. Yeah, I know they'll occasionally bring someone on for maybe a group date as kind of a, a small group thing, but yeah, well, small group mentor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, what's your hot take? For me, I have been seeing this. I don't want to say that it's a new trend on TikTok, but I have been noticing it appear a little bit more frequently on my For You page for whatever reason. And there are all these people saying we should dress really nice, even on casual days. If you're just sitting at home, wear your nice outfit. Because I'm sure you probably, I know I do, I've got 10 shirts in my closet, especially with COVID, that kind of just sat and went to waste a little bit because I had nowhere to wear them. It's not that I don't love them. It's not that I don't want to, but they're my mm-hmm. special occasion shirts. But then some people took it really far, <laughs> I guess by my definition, and were wearing their full prom dresses to Target. Okay. <laughs> they're like, wear the outfit. So I'm just curious, what's your opinion on that? And then I'll give mine. I know that there is a TikToker that I watch and she has this little series called Dressing Up for, now I'm trying to think of it, like dressing up for the mundane things in life. And so Uh she's set a goal to, for the next 30 or 60 days or whatever time she set to dress up every single day, no matter what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of turned it into this series where it's just fun to see her outfits every day. And I like the idea of it. I wouldn't necessarily go to Target in my prom dress. I think (laughs) maybe if you're trying to get attention on social media, go for it. Yeah. But (laughs) I've also seen another newer influencer that I love. She just posted a video wearing a formal white kind of cocktail dress to the grocery store yeah. and was commenting on her mom questioning her buying the dress in the first place. Saying, oh, what do you need a fancy dress like that for? You're not going to wear that to the grocery store. And she's like, here we are at the beach. Everyone's walking around in their swimsuits and cover-ups. And I'm showing up in my formal cocktail dress. I mean, dress. Ariel did it. Ariel did it when she <laughs> walked out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, she was in that long blue dress made of silk. <laughs> I mean, I say if you want to do it, go for it. I mean, yeah. I might look at you a little funny, but I won't judge you for it. I'm supportive. Yeah. So I guess for me, my mind is going three or four different ways with this. And so the first way is I know myself as much as I want to wear nice outfits, I always end up in sweatpants. So it's like, oh, I don't know that that's totally realistic for me. But then there's another part of me that loves main character energy. Yes. And every time I watch TV shows, I always notice that all the characters are dressed and they look nice at like eight in the morning yeah. on a Saturday. And I'm like, maybe I should do that. Maybe that'll make yeah, me feel like that could character. be me. Yeah. So then, but then there's the other aspect of maybe I should wear the nice shirt. Maybe I should wear the nice outfit and not just let it sit and collect dust until Christmas Eve when I decide to wear it. I was really thinking about 
about this. And I think part of the fear of me not wanting to wear it out is I'm afraid I'm going to get it dirty or stained or ruin it somehow. Uh And then I won't have it for that special occasion because these shirts, obviously they mean a lot to me. I formed a relationship with that. (laughs) They spark joy. Yeah, they spark lots of joy. And so I want to be able to wear them. But then I also think about this prom dress thing and I'm like, little funky. I don't think I would wear it to Target or even to the beach. However, I remember in high school, and I don't know if you did this too, but we would do these dinner dates before we went to prom or a dance. Mm-hmm. And we would get super dressed up and you could go to McDonald's, you could go to Olive Garden, but you'd be in your super pretty formal attire. Yeah. And I'm like, why did that stop at high school? That would be so fun to still do as an adult. I'd love to just get in a super nice dress and well, it would just be me because I'm single, but I would love to just hey. <laughs> treat nice yourself. Dress. Yeah. Go to Olive Garden, <laughs> eat their gluten-free pasta. You know? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that would create more adventure and excitement in my life. I feel so torn. Yeah. Do you see all of my different ways that I could go about this? Yeah. And knowing me, I'm going to sit and do this whole thing where I'm talking about main character energy. We should be wearing our nice outfits and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm going to be in pajamas. I know it. I'm just going to be in sweats all day. But <laughs> I think it's okay if the majority of the time you want to wear your casual clothes. You want to go out mm. in your sweats and your athletic shorts, yoga pants, whatever. But just know that if you're really feeling an outfit and you want to get all dressed up that day, then there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to do it every day. You don't have to feel pressured to do it every day. I know I feel, like you said, I feel so good when I put on a new outfit. If I go out, if I just get one compliment that day from the cashier at Walmart Mm -hmm. (laughs) telling me that my shoes are cute, (laughs) feel great about myself, then I'm not going to do that every day. But on occasion, it's nice to dress up. Well, but then, okay, so kind of on a more serious note involving this, I just remembered something. I have a family member who is dealing with some depression and this person that she had ran into and what they told her to help her heal with that depression was every day, get up, make your bed, get dressed. You don't have to do anything else. You can sit at home and lounge around mm-hmm. all day. And she said that that helps so much because just getting that momentum, yeah. just doing something made her feel like she accomplished just a little bit. And so right now I'm not really dealing with depression, but come winter, <laughs> it's be a little different. Maybe I should get into that habit of getting dressed every day and not in my pajamas all day or I'll, I'll start to just sink into my little depression hole in my room, which yeah. I'm sure half of our followers understand what that is. We <laughs> love our depression. Love hole. a good depression corner. <laughs> I, no, I think they love a good depression hole. I think that, <laughs> that's a good idea though. When you're in a good mindset or you feel like you're in a good mindset to make those habits so that you're prepared for when that mindset changes. That seasonal depression. And when it kicks, then you're prepared for it and you've already put those habits and routines into place. Yeah. So maybe it really is just the vibe of you need to look at yourself and what works for you, what works best for you. And then if you know that you're prone to depression or maybe you don't get out as much if you're not dressed. I know that I can be that way. If I'm in my pajamas, I don't want to leave my house. But if I'm dressed, Mm -hmm. I feel a little more motivated to leave. Just maybe balance it out that way. You could even plan days where that's my pajama day or that's my I'm going to get dressed day. I think it's kind of all over the place, but I'm really interested to see what other people think because I just... I don't know that I'm totally settled on anything quite yet. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. I have to throw that on Instagram as a poll and see mm-hmm. see what people say. 100%. I think we can move on to thriving, not thriving. Yes. For me, I have actually been thriving a lot this last week. Uh, I did a podcast and it's not this podcast, but for any of our listeners who want to listen to it, it's called Listen, Learn, and Love. It's by Richard Osler. We'll make sure to leave it linked down in the description. And I talk about depression, faith crisis, anxiety, stuff like that. And we have gotten some questions around those things. So I feel like it would probably be helpful for our listeners if they wanted to go and listen to it. I also got a haircut, just went in, chopped off lots of my hair. You guys could see this right now. It's beautiful. Thanks. This is actually my natural hair texture too. I didn't curl these. I just scrunched them and they did that. I'm loving my hair. I don't know. There is something about just these last few weeks. I've really started to embrace this almost glow up 
journey. I even have this whole planner. Maybe I can, if somebody wants to ask about it, that would be a really fun question to answer on the podcast, like what my globe journal entails and like how I do it because it's helped me a lot. And I think a big reason why I was dealing with so much depression before was because I felt really stuck. I felt like every day was kind of the same. I wasn't getting the fulfillment I needed from people and from things and from life. I was just really hurting that way. I got some change and yeah. now that's that's what I'm doing. And maybe it's a lot of change kind of all at once, but it has felt so good to step out of my comfort zone and just do something different. I, it almost just makes me feel like the sun is shining a little lighter in my world. So that's where I'm at. I've had a really good week. Haley, are yes. you thriving or not thriving this week? <laughs> um, 24 hours ago, I was not thriving. I was <laughs> oh, no. in the airport on the way home for my sister's wedding in Boise. I was stuck in Dallas with a canceled flight home. I got home this morning at 4 a.m. with no luggage. Oh, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Well, luckily we had a stroller, but no car seat for my knee. Not a single one of us traveling had our suitcase. I had about four hours of sleep. I went to my gynecologist appointment this morning. <laughs> oh, that probably made you feel so much better. <laughs> my annual checkup. I figured. <laughs> I had already been on a stuffed plane. Like my, you know, my personal space had already been invaded. So I was like, mm. you know what? Why not just stop by the gynecologist? Yeah, just, just go, go full throttle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at that this morning. And then I had a lash appointment. So I got lash extensions for the first time. It was a three-hour appointment. The girl who did my lashes was incredibly sweet. And she, I think I was her seventh client. So she's still practicing. And I was so exhausted from traveling. About 20 minutes in, I fell asleep and I woke myself up snoring. <laughs> it was like the first <laughs> inhale of a snore. Yeah. You're just like you're falling asleep and it's just a little like. <laughs> this is why we call her grandma. <laughs> and she died laughing. I laughed. And oh, she was like, no, girl, like, I love that you're, you feel so comfortable. Like, no, you take a nap. You are okay. I just love <laughs> how at ease you are. I was like, okay. So I sat there for two and a half more hours, terrified of falling asleep again. And it happened two more times where I started, I started to fall asleep. And like, I made a weird noise and <laughs> woke myself up. Here's the thing. After knowing you for a while, Haley, especially when you were my neighbor slash alternative roommate, what I would like to call you, <laughs> I knew when she was tired, she would just go quiet almost and just get this blaze over her head. And she would always go, it's sleepy time. Yeah. <laughs> it's sleepy time. So maybe that's what you should have told her. Is it sleepy time? I know. I would say it's not thriving so much. But now mm -hmm. my luggage has arrived. I have it back. Um, my two sister, well, two of my sisters and my parents still do not have their luggage. So I guess compared to them, I'm thriving because mm. I'm the only one with my luggage now. Where are my lashes done? Where is it? Where's everybody else's luggage? It was in Dallas. Then they told us that it would be taken to Charlotte. We were originally supposed to go straight to Greenville from Dallas. That got canceled. There weren't any options to go to Greenville. So we said, okay, great. We'll fly to Charlotte. Either send our luggage to Charlotte, which they told us everything had been updated. They told us that our bags had been scanned and put on our flight. We land in Charlotte. We get off of the plane. Not a soul is in sight. Oh we find gosh. one worker in the airport and they, they said, yeah, I just clocked out. No one else is working. Everyone went home. So these passengers just got off the plane. I don't know if we were the last flight that night, but there was not a single worker in the airport. So it was just you guys running rampant. It was. <laughs> around this and airport. a security guard came out and they were like, yeah, I mean, they unloaded these five suitcases from your plane and then everyone went home. So maybe come back at 630 
in the morning and see what happens with luggage. And we have 50 to 75 people standing around waiting for their luggage with nothing. So we had to hold my niece on the way home because they lost her car seat. seat. So I guess somehow it got its way to Charlotte, even though customer service told me, yeah, it'll go to Charlotte and then it'll go to Greenville. No, they never planned on bringing it back to Greenville. So we had to go physically to the airport because no one on the phone could help us. So we went to Greenville airport, which is like, five minutes down the road and they were able to connect with Charlotte and supposedly they're putting the rest of the luggage on the flight that's coming in tonight but the past two flights that they've said our luggage is on that has not been the case wow I am sending you all the good vibes I hope that (laughs) all the luggage comes in what you guys need to know is that Haley is a Virgo and so for all of our astrology maniacs out there Virgos need organization and not so much chaos little little type a kind of personality thing going on yes so this was probably a lot more detrimental than maybe some of you might think for her well and my sister is traveling with a newborn and a toddler they don't Mm -hmm. have clothes they don't have the diapers that they paid for they just have what happened to be in the diaper bag and the extra backpack of toys that my niece had in her carrying on and that's it we still don't have a car seat for her so she's in town we're going on vacation all next week so yes of course we could go out and buy one which we will have to do but I just think of families that aren't in our position to do that that travel with everything they have and have a tight budget yeah I hope they get their lives and (laughs) their jobs all figured out (laughs) yeah that just that sounds so messy I'm sorry hopefully it'll get better all right well I think we'll take a little break sounds good get to questions in just a minute Let's go ahead and start with question one. First question for today is what do you say to someone after they said I love you and you're not ready to say it back? Read this question, I immediately thought of a personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of two personal experiences. I guess the funnier experience was just one that I was going not even on dates with, but I was seeing on a regular basis with not really any sense of commitment at all. And <laughs> one day when we were talking, hanging out, he casually said, I think I love you. And I just kind of looked at him like, uh, don't know what you're doing, bud, but you haven't even taken me on a real first date yet so I don't know why you think that you're in love with me and <laughs> just kind of shut him down right there and was like yeah I mean we can continue hanging out but I mean actually you should have been like I get why you're in love with me but mm. I'm not in love back yes yeah I was like I mean, we can continue hanging out but maybe don't say that again <laughs> not interested. I, that same person bought me a Christmas present and kind of told me ahead of time, hey, when you get back into town, I've got a Christmas present for you and kind of made a side note or made sure that he included that he didn't get a lot of gifts from his parents. And I just straight up told him, okay, well, you're not my boyfriend, so I'm not getting you anything. At least you were clear. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, we've been talking for about three months and you still just haven't taken me on an actual date. You're not my boyfriend. Yep. Don't yep. expect anything from me. But on a more serious Wait. note. Yes. I gotta know what he got you before you give us the serious one. A gray Ralph Lauren blanket I then gifted to one of my roommates or friends a semester or so later. I think a pair of fuzzy socks Mm -hmm. and maybe a movie or a, a coffee mug, something like that. Socks are something you get from your parents on Christmas. Yeah. I mean, Logan does ask for Old Navy dollar fuzzy socks for <laughs> Christmas when they go on sale for Black Friday. That's a true sign of love right there. I let him pick out his socks. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. What's the more serious Yeah. One? More serious one. So Logan and I have been dating for maybe four months at this point and Valentine's Day was coming up in his Valentine's card. I kind of briefly mentioned something along the line 
lines of, oh, I hope how much I love and care for you and just threw the word love in. And then I signed it, love Haley. So I was thinking that I'm an overthinker. So obviously I think everyone should be overthinkers. So I'm hoping that he reads it and he's like, oh, she loves me. She put the word love in there. I should tell her that I love her. It was (laughs) uh, subliminal messaging. Yes. (laughs) And even more so, every time I got to drive, because we were long distance at this point, I was in Salt Lake student teaching and he was in Rexburg and we were both in our last semester of school. So we would travel back and forth every weekend seeing each other. Every time that I got to drive, I would play my Sam Smith CD and I would play the song Say It First and I wanted to read the chorus of the song because in my mind I thought oh my gosh I love lyrics and every time I hear a new song I'm really analyzing the lyrics and I'm taking it all in Mm. and I thought if I play this song enough he's gonna get a hit he's gonna get it at some point Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the last part of the chorus says I need to hear you say it first so come on darling if you love me say it first And I would sing the song. I would play it over and over again. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he totally gets it. He's going to hear this song and he's going to be like, oh my gosh, wait, I love her. I need to say it first. Mm -hmm. I found out he never ever pays attention to the lyrics (laughs) and songs. I spent two months playing this song. (laughs) For nothing. Nothing. I mean, at some point, it was the last weekend of the semester, and I had addressed it in text before we saw each other that weekend. And we kind of, we had a conversation about it once we were in person. And he kind of sat down and told me as honestly as he could that he appreciated where we were at in our relationship, but for certain personal reasons, which get into because they're his personal reasons. He Mm -hmm. just wasn't at that point to feel comfortable saying I love you yet. And even though in that moment, all I wanted was for him to say that or for him to say I love you. Looking back, I was able to really understand why he felt he wasn't ready and where he was at in our relationship. So I would say absolutely do not lie. Do not say it back if you do not mean it, or like the person asking the question here, you're saying that you're just not ready to say it back. So there's a chance that you're thinking about it. But if you don't feel like you're in that place, don't say it. Wait until you feel like you're in that place. But in that moment, it's probably unexpected. So be honest with them about where you're at in that relationship. So tell them, you know, I like where I'm at or I like where we're at in our relationship and these are the things I enjoy these are the things I appreciate let them know that excited you're interested in continuing to build this relationship and then have that open conversation about why you feel like you aren't ready to say it back and then go back and try and understand what saying I love you means to your partner and then ask yourself, well, what does that mean when I say it to someone? And ask yourself, well, why do I feel like I'm not ready? Is it that I'm not opening myself up because of past trauma or past experiences? Is it that I'm trying to make a relationship work that just isn't going to or just isn't right for me? And if you have that open conversation where you don't feel that pressure to say it back, if that partner is the right partner for you, then they'll be understanding of you and they'll appreciate your honesty. Yeah, totally agree. You make some really good points. And I really wanted to emphasize Haley's point about knowing what it means to you and knowing what it means to them. Both of you could be on completely different wavelengths with that. Because I know for me, I have my own definition of love. If you look at the five love languages, I express love completely different than my mom or different than Haley or different than those I liked in the past. I have a different love language. And so it's okay to sit and analyze and wonder what does love actually mean to you. And then the other thing, and this is going to sound sound so hard to do, but I think once you have that conversation, release the pressure from yourself and from them about it. From what I've heard, and I could be wrong, but from what I've heard is a lot of people, when they 
found out that they loved that other person. It was during the most minute, small thing. They saw them cooking in the kitchen or they saw them watching their favorite football game or whatever. Sorry, yeah. those are really stereotypical, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you can reverse the roles. It was the man in the kitchen and the woman watching the football game. Yes, um, obviously. Yes, obviously. And the non-binary playing a board game. So. <laughs> <laughs> crocheting. Yeah, crocheting. But really, that's what I heard was it was just the littlest thing. The person that was doing it couldn't have given a second thought to what they were doing. And that person just knew. They were like, yep, I'm in love with them. And so I think a lot of that came though, because they just weren't thinking about it. They released that pressure and just let it happen when it did. Yeah. So. And I would even say from that partner's perspective that said it first is to release that pressure from your partner to have them say it back and just know that it will happen when it happens. And if it doesn't, then that will be a conversation that you have in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Open communication. Ready to move on to question two? Let's do it. Okay. So question two, this one came in anonymously. By the way, we are loving all of your questions. I just wanted to add that real quick. They're really, really good. It says, how to deal with family not supporting or trusting you and your decisions in life. Well, (laughs) (laughs) hello there. You are asking this to the most chronic people pleasers you will ever meet in your life. We both get this (laughs) very, very well. First, what I would recommend is go and listen to my podcast that I just recorded because a lot of what I talk about is being so scared of what other people will think of me and feeling like I don't fit in and like my decisions are going to cause me suffering in the long run because of what other people think and navigating that. But then when it comes to you, the first thing I want you to do is look closely at who you are trying to receive validation from. Is it yourself? Is it your parents? Is it this family member? Is it your friends? I know when I really took a step back, for me personally, it was between me and God. Those are the people that I care about getting the validation from and no one else. Then the next part is you need to look at why you want this validation. Is it people pleasing? Yeah. (laughs) Which we know too well. Is it a fear of what they might say or do if you do something different? Is there, and this is kind of a weird one, but really think about it. Is there a part of you that maybe agrees with them? So subconsciously kind of retaliating Mm -hmm. by not wanting to do that thing where you control too much as a child. There's some trauma there. Really look at the reasons why. And then once you discover the why, work through it. There's so many helpful podcasts podcasts, videos, things like that, that you can go and look up. In my case, I would look up how to stop people pleasing. And I found some really good videos that have helped me a ton through that. When you discover what the issue is, if you don't get to the root of that issue, that tree is going to keep growing and you are going to have to be the one to dig it out. Those issues, those roots of that tree will appear in different forms, relationships, etc. But if you just keep chopping at the branches, that problem is just going to keep growing back. So you need to figure out what is actually happening in your need to be validated. I recognize that with myself because of my people-pleasing tendencies. Not only was I living my spiritual life the way that I didn't want to and completely out of fear. Every time I quit a job, I think even Haley, I wonder if she remembers this, but I would call her after I quit because I'm like, what is my family going to think of me? Yes, absolutely. I would post one thing on Facebook and just be panicking for the next hour that somebody was going to see it and miss interpret what I said. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. I I did this literally yesterday. I was on a post and somebody kind of came at me and I started to defend myself and I said some extra things to make sure that nobody else could misinterpret it. And then somebody else misinterpreted it. But it was like that additional part. Why did I feel it necessary to have to put all that additional detail so nobody would misinterpret it? That was Mm -hmm. me trying to people please. So really look at that core. And I need you to know that no matter what you do, you cannot change how people act or respond to you. You are 
only in charge of you <laughs> in a kind of a funny way. You can't reach into their mouth and force them to say something. You can't physically make them show you love and appreciation for your decisions. So the only person that's really going to give you that completely is you. So you need to find that love and validation within yourself. There was a really good quote I I heard, and this is really what started, honestly, this is what changed my thinking patterns and made me start to realize that I wanted to live my life for myself. And it says, in 50 years from now, when I'm on my rocking chair reflecting on life, do I want to think, wow, I am so glad I lived my life for everybody else? Mm, I love that. Or do you want to be grateful that you lived it for you? But really, I mean, take a minute with that. If you sit and think about that, you're on your deathbed, you're rocking in the chair. I know it's a little existential. It's a little in the future, but you have the time to change that. You can do that now. You can change who you seek validation from now. And you should do the things that make you happy. And 100%, I get family's important. Both Haley and I are in a religion where family is the core of this whole thing. It is so, so important. But that doesn't mean that family members can't be bad or abusive Mm -hmm. or traumatizing. Just because you're family, it does not excuse their behaviors. But there is such a thing as chosen family. I consider Haley like chosen family. You need to know that eventually you are going to disappoint your parents and your family. That's inevitable because if you didn't, you would be living their exact same life. You're going to do something that they wouldn't have chosen. You're going to have a different favorite color, a different favorite food, a different Mm -hmm. taste in music. And I know those are little things, but you've already disappointed them in some way. (laughs) 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 So don't be afraid to disappoint because it just is going to happen. But then when you make those decisions that are for you, you're going to find that the people who aren't supportive will back off and find a way out. And the people who care and love you will start to show up. So instead of tearing yourself a million different ways to make everybody happy. Again, this is coming from a recovering chronic people pleaser. You need to stick to what is best for you. And life will have a way of bringing those people and things into your life that support your decisions and help you grow rather than pushing them away. I know for a fact that this is exactly what happened to me. As I have embraced the self-love journey, I talk in the podcast a little bit about losing friends and what that experience was like for me because uh, was, that was really, really tough, losing people I cared about. And this stuff with the church that I've been dealing with, this faith crisis, I was so scared of how people were going to perceive me after that. And once I finally came clean about struggling with the church, I realized was, why do I want those people in my life anyway? If my life is just going to be a roller coaster, always going one way or another way, trying to impress them or make them happy, then that's all I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life is just stretching myself thin. And instead, when I really started to embrace myself, I'm not going to lie, even with this podcast, I've lost followers. I've had people back away from me. And it's something that is so not harmful in any means. Like all I did was post two extra stories one day and I lost like three followers. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sorry to offend you. Like, I will stories. absolutely not support you. Yeah, like, even though I, I already follow you on Instagram. Your yeah. yeah, but here's the thing: I also gained a lot of followers. Yeah, you're. A boss I babe. had people. Yeah, <laughs> boss baby. Um. <laughs> And I had people reach out and kind of like this thing with friends. Haley was a part of this friend group. And while I lost so many, she stayed and she stuck with me and talked to me and worked with me through these things. And that's how she became chosen family is because I saw that the people who cared and the people who were important stayed. And the people who didn't, they left. Anything else you want to add to that, Haley? I mean, I think that... You did a great job outlining everything. I would just add to that. If it's a certain decision that you're making that it seems like your parents or family in general are not supporting, I would really look into that decision and I would encourage you to build your own confidence in that decision to be able to stand up to those friends and family and just to feel confident in yourself. And as you do that, like Rainey said, you will find your chosen family. Yes, you may be able to still maintain a great relationship with your family, but I think it's important to look for that chosen family as well because Mm -hmm. it never hurts to have extra support. Yeah, you will be surprised the people who stay and unfortunately the people who back off. Mm -hmm. 
but I've had people just completely come out of the woodwork that I never expected to talk to me Yeah, and, and message me. And if you're wanting that support for yourself, mm-hmm. then keep in mind that you need to show that support to others as well. I genuinely feel like when you start to live authentically like yourself and when you start to love who you are, you have so much more room to love other people and support other people. Yeah. I found even the way I treat people and how I've become has, sorry, I'm totally <laughs> patting myself on the back here. It's, it's changed drastically when I started to find a way to love myself. And I feel like I have so much more room to give to others now. And those people, they came and they left and I've had this support system that's just almost passively built around me. Opportunities just kind of passively have started to come my way because I embrace who I am and I'm learning to love who I am. People will find any reason to disagree with you. So do what's best for you. And if you feel like it's a safe and wise and healthy decision for you, I hope I'm not encouraging you to go murder somebody. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're not doing that here. But if it's just you want to go to a certain college or something and people don't want you to go to it, then that's their problem. And you're going to be happy where you're supposed to be and people will follow. So uh, why don't we move on to the last question? Yes. So this last question comes from Kaylin, who is 24 years old. And she asked, how do you feel body positivity and self-love? I feel like I've gotten better at it, but sometimes I struggle, especially with all the stress of COVID and lockdown. Thanks for taking our questions, babes. (laughs) Oh, she's sweet. Okay. To Kaylin and everyone else. First thing that came to my mind is a saying that one of my favorite influencers says is to be kind to yourself. And I believe that at some point she kind of extends that to be kind to your body. Yes. Love her. Yes. But avoid negative thoughts. Now, obviously, you cannot just tell yourself, I am never going to think negatively ever again in my life. And then snap. You're good. But (laughs) when, when negative thoughts enter your mind, I think it's good to replace them with positive thoughts. So instead of looking at your body and thinking about all the things that you want to change, it doesn't need to be a mean girls moment where you're all standing in the mirror and you're like, oh my gosh, my hips are huge. My lips are so My pores. (laughs) Yeah. Just tell yourself, oh my gosh, my pores are so huge. And that is just going to let me soak in all of the serums that I'm putting into my skincare routine. My (laughs) body lets me enjoy the food that I love. It gives me energy to explore different interests and hobbies. I think about my nieces who are very heavy. I think my body is strong and it allows me to take care of other people. I'm able to lift my nieces up and carry them around. Not for long, but that's something that my body is <laughs> able to do. <laughs> I may not be crazy about the size of my arms at all times, but I'm able to turn that into a positive. My body allows me to take care of myself. It allows me to go to work. It allows me to do all of these things that I love. So realizing or recognizing when you have those negative thoughts and really forcing yourself to replace them with positive thoughts has at least worked for me. Secondly, I would recommend a social media cleanse. And this is something that I have done a couple times in the past few years is I've been so caught up in people that I grew up with, previous bachelor, bachelorette contestants that I follow (laughs) on Instagram and everything in between. And At some point, I realized, you know what? If I'm scrolling through my feed and I see someone who just doesn't make me feel good about myself, I'm going to unfollow them either permanently or just temporarily if I'm not in a good mindset. So it took me a few days. And when I initially did it, I had people that instantly came to my mind and I searched their profile and I unfollowed them. Not that they are a bad influence. It's not that they are teaching body positivity or anything, but just when I see them, I don't think 
kind things about myself. So I don't need to see that because it isn't healthy for me to see. So I unfollowed those accounts. And then I really worked on seeking out ones that do make me feel good about myself. So Sarah Schultz, Caroline Crawford Patterson is a new kind of social media influencer, whatever title you want to give her. <laughs> that I have discovered that I really enjoy, uh, Jocelyn Davis. And I don't know if I'm saying her last name correctly, but Alex Sintomo, not sure. Mm, I'll put that, that yeah, I was like, <laughs> down below, Sintomo, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> but some of them do specifically focus on body positivity and self-love, whereas others, I know that when I go to their feed, I'm going to feel good about myself and I'm going to feel supported. And it's also important just to keep in mind that you don't have to love your body in the sense of thinking, oh, I'm body positive and I have all of this self-love. So when I look at myself, I'm going to tell myself I am so beautiful and I'm so wonderful and I just love my body. That's not how I see body positivity and self-love. You don't have to think that your body is beautiful all the time. You don't have to tell yourself that even though there are things that aren't traditionally beautiful or perfect, I still think my body's perfect because I don't think that way. I think it's really finding those positive things about yourself that you do like and embracing those because I think that everyone goes on their own journey of understanding what it means to them. So I'd encourage you to to find your own people, find find groups and find people online that you can follow that really support you. So if you are struggling specifically because of the stress due to COVID and the lockdown, then going back and thinking that you have gone through a lot of changes likely in the past year, year and a half. And it's okay for you to struggle because of that. I would just encourage you to acknowledge how your body helps you and find ways to embrace the changes in your body. Rainy. Haley made a lot of really good points. I especially want to emphasize where she talks about just the things that your body can do for you. Your body allows you to eat food. It lets you breathe. It helps you to, depending on your abilities, I don't want to sound ableist, but if you can, it allows you to see and hear and walk. So there's all sorts of things that your body can do for you. And so taking a few minutes of gratitude, I think helps a lot. I remember watching this YouTube video and I can't for the life of me think about what channel I watched them on. This was a long time ago. But basically what they did was this study where they had people, a little shallow, but they had people basically rate if they would talk to somebody or approach somebody, something like that, on a scale of one to 10. And so they showed these pictures of people all frowning and they got low scores. And then they showed that, I think they showed a different group, the same people, but they were mm. all smiling and the scores increased exponentially. It was like eight, nine, 10. And these were people that were just normal. I remember some guy had crooked teeth. There was people who were beautiful, like generally attractive from magazines and stuff like that. It was just a whole range and all of their numbers went up because they smiled. Maybe take a minute. I know it sounds cheesy. Look at yourself in the mirror and smile and see how that makes you feel. I think it's been scientifically proven that even just forcing yourself to smile can release certain endorphins that make your brain basically think that you're happy. So when you think about your body, force yourself to smile. Maybe that might do some subconscious stuff to make you feel a little better. But then when it comes to COVID and lockdown, I don't know how much this will make you feel better, but just know you're not alone. There's so many people who gained weight, who lost weight, who went through other kinds of struggles because of COVID. And then the other thing to remember as well with not being alone is I I struggle with the same thing same dang thing I have I have cystic acne I have a double chin I I am <laughs> it just showed my yeah yeah I'll I showed my mine if you show me yours okay. <laughs> um I have a scar on my ankle from a surgery I'm overweight I have Hashimoto's disease I have so many things, but what I have decided to do, and by no means am I encouraging people, that's so trigger warning for this, but by no means am I encouraging people to go on a diet if 
You don't need to be careful with what you do. The only reason I'm on one is because I want to get healthier and I was really afraid the last time I went into the doctor's office that I was going to get diabetes. And so I, I have to lose the weight. It's, it's kind of a health mm -hmm. thing. But the whole time I've done it, I have reminded myself that over and over and over again, that it is not about looking better. It is not about conventional attractiveness. It is about, I want my health to be better. And I know when I exercise and I eat well and I sleep right, my anxiety dissolves. I feel less depressed. I usually have more energy to get things done during the day. I can kind of get through more tasks. There's a lot of other good things that come with just taking care of myself. So in whatever way works for you, whether that's exercising, getting a good amount of sleep, writing in a journal, just take care of yourself and know you're not alone and things are going to be okay. Yes. I was going to say, when you recommended looking in the mirror and smiling, mm -hmm. I was wondering, is it appropriate to share that in my own struggle with body positivity and self-love? that I heard the recommendation to be comfortable naked. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's not standing in front of a mirror looking at yourself and analyzing, but just like... I mean, it could be. It could be, but also <laughs> recognizing that you don't have to fixate on the things that you want to change. It's more like just be comfortable in your own body. And sometimes that's just walking around your house naked, not looking at yourself, but just like being comfortable with the idea of just being yourself. Now, obviously, yeah. if you live with other people, if you live with roommates, I <laughs> wouldn't recommend that. I don't think they I mean, would I might. that but <laughs> maybe keep it to your room or wait until everyone's out of town. <laughs> I'm sure the windows are closed or the blinds are Blinds, closed. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to throw that in there. I mean, it helped and... <laughs> it it, I mean, it, it does. I think if you're used to seeing yourself that way, there's less fear of, I don't know, maybe what exactly. other people would think too. Yeah. Well, I just think back to being in high school and thinking that a certain weight wasn't acceptable because oftentimes I would be the biggest girl in my class and I was not I mean I was not considered overweight in high school but mentally you know I thought that I was and I just remember mm -hmm. hiding in jackets or sweatshirts and I just go back to that feeling of feeling like I have to cover up because I don't feel comfortable in my body mm -hmm. and so the opposite you take those clothes off and now I don't feel like I need to hide behind those baggy clothes or hide behind certain styles that I'm told are flattering on a certain body type mm -hmm. I feel comfortable wearing what I want to wear and just being in my own skin yeah and by the way it's clothes they're literal pieces of cloth <laughs> that cover up your yes. privates. Yeah. I have a huge butt, so I'm going to have a huge butt, whether it's covered oh, same. in my biker short mm -hmm. or a tent. Mm -hmm. Regardless, my butt is going to show through. So mm -hmm. I'm going to rock So might as well love it. And who cares? It's there. Mm -hmm. There's no mm -hmm. way to hide it. <laughs> Please don't feel like you have to exclude clothing items from your closet because you're afraid that, oh, my tummy might show or, oh, my arm flaps might show or whatever. If it makes you feel good, if you like the piece of clothing, put it on and own it. It's yeah. totally fine. It yeah. is a piece of cloth. It is not life or death. And no. I'm sure you would look fantastic in anything you wore. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's about it. Keep submitting questions. We have been amazed by what has been submitted yep. so far. It's so fun Same. to go through and plan out the future episode. Continue submitting. Continue listening. Giving feedback. We appreciate it all. Especially all the support that we've had. Yes. And feedback has been really helpful too. I've noticed positive feedback where it's like, yes. hey, this is what I liked. That helps me to know what we should do more of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or do less of. You know? Yes. <laughs> we appreciate all of the questions. And by the way, if we don't get to your question right away, just please keep listening because we may answer it in somebody else's question or we may answer it in a later podcast. All right. Keep, keep listening. Keep listening. We will see you next <laughs> Thursday. Bye. Bye.